Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie that Walt Disney ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Now, Jim, we've got a uh, we've got a friend of yours on the show with us uh, tonight, somebody with a uh, pretty fascinating resume of her own. Why don't you tell us about her? Oh, sure. Uh, uh, this is a longtime friend of mine since uh, the days of TV Dads. She was actually the star of a single TV Dads show. She was Miranda in the 1980. Seven TV show, uh, Raising Miranda. 88? 88? Oh, okay. 80, I think. 88, yeah. Wow. It's a, it's been a while. But, uh, yeah, yeah. she, she was up front. She was the headliner of, of that show. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have known her for not quite as long as that, but we, we've, we've been pals for, for quite some time. And she's my major Hollywood connection to the world of, uh, of stars and how they, how they get where they are today. But, uh, please welcome, uh, <laughs> my friend and, uh, Hollywood star, Rihanna Black. You're Yay. the nicest, Jim. You're awesome. Thank you. Uh, it, it's always great ha- having you on the show. And uh, you you are my go-to gal for uh, information on how this whole crazy business works. And speaking of crazy business, uh, your old Cliff and Jenny are here talking about their individual careers. And we're uh, we're finding out what <laughs> how Jenny gets her jobs in front of, uh, you know, behind Myrna Loy and a bowl of grapes and things like that. So Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, she, like like many other people in Hollywood, are struggling actresses who uh, you know are always looking for work. And I mean, things have changed a bit since then. But you know, you're always reading the trades and trying to figure out who's who's hiring and what you know what, what the pilot seasons are and things like that. And uh, you've been going on with that for gosh, a lot of your life. Has, yeah, I mean, since I was ten, wow. and I'm over thirty now. Uh-huh. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well over thirty, a, um, but yeah, a long time. You're a seasoned actress, and you you know you know the score, you know the business. I guess the, it is a it is a tough one, and we've got Hal and I have been talking Hollywood uh, for a while now, and we've got a million questions, and and you're gonna you're gonna have, feed us through <laughs> this. So, uh, oh gosh, okay. And that sounds like an order, Jim. It, yeah, uh, I know. We're welcome dime. to the show, Rayanna. Here's what you're going to <laughs> do. What, you're gonna All tell right? us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you, from my bedroom. We're gonna call we're gonna call Lothar in. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll do it now. So, uh, but no, I don't, we'll, we'll we'll be nice. But we do we do need to know about uh, you know b- basically being. We know there's like different levels of being being an actor that you you know you're either scenery or you're you have a minor role or you're a featured player or you're the star, and yeah. uh, getting getting into that business of you know doing auditions or even you know just like the the paperwork of getting a you know getting a SAG card and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally how do these things work let's let's go down to that when you have a you basically when you're working on a on a hollywood picture you you need to belong to the screen actors guild and now i guess they've, they've merged the uh the federation of television actors aftra is has yep. merged with sag a couple of years ago so it's one big happy family now if you're in if you're in actors equity do you does that mean you already have a sag card are they complementary or no they're sister unions but um equity is only theater. Okay. So, um, I mean, technically we're all supposed to work together. I, I, I have a little beef with equity right I now. I understand. Yes. So <laughs> and we I can... do a lot of theater actors in LA. We can get into that another time. Oh no. We can, I mean, if you want to talk about it, that's, that's fine. I mean, this is an active thing. No, no. Okay. Okay. We're not afraid to um, name it's names. Fine. <laughs> it's, it's just, they're trying to do away with, um, volunteer theater here. 
in LA for, for equity actors. Mm -hmm. And, and they basically passed a resolution, even though two thirds of us voted against it. And so, you know, the question now is, do we all go financial core? Do we pay our dues and change our names? Like, what do we do if we want to do unpaid theater? Yeah, and, and and unpaid theater, what, what's known as the ninety nine seaters out there, the the, the mm-hmm. small theaters, is where people walk the boards to get keep their chops going or or learn more about it, work with work with seasoned professionals and understand how the acting profession works. Taking that away yeah. is a that would really change the whole nature of Hollywood. Uh, it really lot. would, and it, we're not New York. Is the is always the thing that I think you know LA's not a theater town to begin with, so. You're, it's not like people are clamoring to go see Broadway shows here. So it's sort of, I don't really know what the harm is. Plus, a lot of the 99-seat shows go to contract. Yeah. But that that could be a conversation for another day, but that's just the backstory of what's been going on. Okay. Well, we're, we're, with, we're with you. I mean, from, from Santa Monica to Pasadena, everybody goes to these little theaters, and it is an important yeah. part of a, uh, the Hollywood life. I mean, L.A., you know, L.A. is all about drama and comedy, and <laughs> this is a drama that's a little bit too real, so it's... It's Ain't tough. that the truth? Yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, so we go from the, the theater to uh, to the screen, and yeah, and and I mean, there's there's another problem going on in Hollywood is that people aren't making as many films in the L.A. area as they used to. I mean, they take it out to Vancouver and to Providence, Rhode Island, and you know, they move out of the town because it's it's becoming increasingly harder to make a movie in what used to be, you know, the factory of Hollywood. It's very interesting. I feel like this, you know, I've been doing this for so long. It seems very cyclical. I feel like this has happened before and eventually just like like production in New York is starting to pick up again, apparently, Um, which happens every, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And then it dries up there and it'll come back here. I, I say that optimistically <laughs> because I live here. <laughs> you're on the other coast all the time. And you're from New York. I mean, you're a, you're a New am. Yorker. I so. am. Born and raised. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's there's enough room. And with so many so many buckets to fill, I mean, you've got, you've got the big screen. You've got TV. You've got cable. You've got on-demand. You've got, you know, mobile Hulu, devices. Hulu, Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. And, and they need it 24-7. And people don't want to sit around and watch. I mean, as, as nice as duck soup is, when you see it for the 800th time on Netflix and you go, I really don't want to watch this. And I really don't want to watch the, uh, you know, the 15th rendition, funny as it is, of 30 Rock. I need something new. So, <laughs> We're always going to have new shows and and people to fill fill you know say the words on the on the screens. Yeah, and um, thank God for Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. Yeah, because they're really producing some great stuff. And I I my understanding is that they're going to be shooting a little more in L.A. Yeah, yeah. In the next oh, year, cool. so that's exciting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was it was interesting. I've got a a really good friend who may come on the show later is working on the Man in the High Castle. Uh, oh, for, so for, good. For Amazon, I know it's amazing. Um, he's a military historian and, and but a prop maker by trade, so he does uh, does just about every sort of hero prop you see in it. And uh, it was interesting for me. I would come originally from the Seattle area uh, for most of my life, anyway. And there was a period I remember um, uh, mid '80s in particular when all of a sudden Seattle was out there beating the drum. We're going to be Hollywood North. Uh, everything's going to come here. And I was pretty excited about this. I was acting a lot in high school and, and particularly in college. And then all of a sudden, Vancouver stepped up and said, well, we're like Seattle, only cheaper. And <laughs> everything in Seattle just fizzled. But it was funny that some of the pilot for A Man in High Castle was shot in Seattle. But that's very much the, you know, the exception now, not the rule. If you're going to be anywhere in the Northwest, it's Vancouver. Wow. Which, which is very pretty. but yeah. Oh, it's a lovely city, yeah. And it, it plays Seattle. It poses as Seattle in a lot of, uh, a lot of scenes. But uh, 
It's just so silly. There, it's like, why not go to Seattle? You're right there. Right. Exactly. Why would you make Vancouver look like Seattle? <laughs> I don't know. Frustrating. Wow. Yeah, anyway, but uh, but you know, again, it's 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 just crazy business. But here, there's still people that want to be part of it. You know, it's I guess there's no business like it. That you know, you can write a so song the, about so the song like, goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but well, uh, I'll tell you what was fascinating about this particular minute was well, and later in the movie, but uh, is Margot Martindale. Yes. Uh, behind the counter, who has worked forever and ever and ever, and finally with the Americans has just like blown oh, yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I didn't even remember she was in this movie till I watched it again. Uh, yeah, I, She's got set, such a perfect example of a kind of career you could have. You know, you yeah. just keep plugging along, and then all of a sudden you're winning an Emmy. Wow. And I mean, you've you've been in movies with with people like this. I know one of your one of your early earlier movies uh, with with some fellow actor of the Rocketeer, Paul Sorvino. Uh, yep. one, one of your co-stars was Mary wow. Wicks, who was in everything from like 1930s movies up to Sister Act. Yeah, and uh, you know, you you get on a gonna get on a train like that, it just never pulls into the station. You just keep going and going. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And and this film is filled with you know character actors. All those guys that are sitting at the counter, William Sanderson, he was in Blade Runner, he was in Newhart, he was uh, Larry. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Melora Hardin later on in the movie, she's singing. She's the singer in the club. Yeah, yeah, and she's in the office. Yes, indeed. And, yeah. yeah. And, just you know, every, and she she was originally going to be uh, Marty McFly's boyfriend, but uh, when they or girlfriend or, or girlfriend, I'm sorry, you're, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, you know, we're, it was a different. Time. It's all about attention to detail yes, yes. in the show. You know, uh, we're analyzing a movie minute by minute. <laughs> we, we go after the we go after the the hard facts. Yes, yes, but, uh, but you know, she was she was going to be she was she was going to be the uh, the significant other of. Marty McFly, but when they uh, when they let Eric Stoltz go, she was uh, courting. Well, well, we'll tell that story later on with someone who had oh, yeah. knowledge of it. But yeah, uh, but, but we'll yeah, she she was too tall for uh, uh, Michael J. Fox apparently. So well, they, they who a, isn't? But yeah, I love him. But yeah. you know, um, um, I not to, to go back to Melora Hardin, but she oh. um, she did a little series called Dirty Dancing, the series which was our lead in ah. when I did Raising Miranda. Wow. Because <laughs> the world is that small. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah, I remember that she had done that uh, done that series, but wow, I didn't realize that led right into yours. And Brian Cranston was in uh, your oh, show, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's lovely. Yes, and and James is, no, James Naughton. Jim Naughton. Yep. The voice oh. of Cialis. <laughs> I, you know how uncomfortable that makes me. <laughs> he played my dad. Like, it's oh. so creepy and gross. Can't, oh, look, at a, can't look at a clawfoot tub ever again. <laughs> No, I have no, to no. mute the TV when those ads come on. If anybody out there is ever bored and you Google my name, Hal Bryan, uh, you will find Brian Cranston a lot because he played Hal on Malcolm in the Middle. And yep. uh, so, so when you're Googling me, here's a tip for my stalkers out there: is just put a put a minus sign and then Cranston after that, and then it guarantees that you're you're stalking me and not him. I, I'm sure he would tell you the same thing. Wow. Well, now I know how to stalk you more efficiently, Hal, so thank you. That's, uh, again, it's a service we provide. Appreciate it. That's all it is. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, it, yeah, it, I, again, it, it's just, it's all about, it's all about the business. And, yeah, Cranston, his career went off into such a, you know, who, who would have thought where he, where he wound up? I mean, when you watched Malcolm in the Middle, did you think he was going to wind up being a, um, <laughs> a murderous uh, uh, meth dealer <laughs> Yeah, what an amazing trajectory. It was wonderful on Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, he could have, 
you know, he could have dined out on that for the rest of his career, yeah, probably. And, yeah. And starting out as uh, as Rana's flaky hippie uncle. Uh, it was just, right. It, it was uh, he was great and, in that show. I, I may have been the only one to see to to see that show lately, I, but it's a uh, lately. I think we were like one of the five people who watched it ever. <laughs> Sorry, that was not nice, but it's true. We didn't last very long. It's, yeah, it's it's probably you know the the need of it'll probably turn up on Netflix. They'll have it as a limited run, and people can binge watch it all. Uh, God, was it awesome. was it five episodes or six or? We shot nine and eight aired. Ah, okay. So there's uh-huh. a lost episode. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, if anyone and has it. What network were you on? We were on CBS. Okay, Saturday, I was gonna get... Saturday night at eight thirty. Not no. the best time slot. Yeah, no, just, not at all. Just I was going to guess teenage girls are watching TV at Saturday. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to guess Fox on Friday night. Uh, you know, shot nine, eight aired. Canceled before its time. That seems to be Fox's MO. But uh... who, who were you up against? Do you remember who you were up against? I do. I can't believe it. Uh, we were <laughs> Murphy's Law on ABC and 227 on NBC. Not that I'm bitter oh, no. about those shows. <laughs> Stealing our ratings. Little... Yeah, you bump into oh. Jack Hay at Ralph's and you just start slapping your fist into your palm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would do that anyway. She always drove me nuts. Total closure. But the... <laughs> Murphy, Murphy's Law was that George Siegel? Does that sound right? Sound, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, I remember they were just hoping people were confusing it with uh, Murphy Brown. But yeah, that was gosh. Yeah, the '80s were a strange time. There were so much. And did you get moved at all? I thought you, I thought you had been moved. Around. We got preempted. We got moved around because of things like um, my. I feel like the World Series or like award shows. We just we never really stayed saturday nights at 8 30 i think a couple weeks and then we just kept getting moved and it's hard to find an audience that way yeah oh it was a, i enjoyed the show just to let you know you did entertain people and that's the that's the point i loved working on it and everyone was it was a really wonderful experience to be honest and it gave you know it gave you another notch in your belt for understanding how the business worked i mean you know getting yeah doing, doing stuff with with network tv and um, yeah and, and if anybody's out there and wants to hire me, I do have a history of making the people I work with famous. Yes. <laughs> like I did an after school special with Kimberly Williams. She had a tiny part. Then she does Father of the Bride, Brian Cranston. Yeah, I was just going to mention the after school special. I couldn't believe that when I saw that on IMDb. I think yep. it was probably one uh, when I was a bit older. So, you know, it was like 10 years after school for me. But uh, still, as a kid, that was an institution to me. Yeah. You know, that's a and, big deal. They're not on it anymore, huh? Like I don't think kids know what they are. No, it's they're all on demand. They don't they don't go at home after school. They're watching it at school and things like that. That's the problem. Right. But yeah, look look at uh look at Paul Servino. He's in he's in that family friendly movie that you're in, and then two years later he's doing Goodfellas, and then he does this. So yeah. it's like yeah, you are you are well. the stairway to other people's uh, success. <laughs> I know. So seriously, if anybody wants to be famous, yeah, get me. <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> What on earth is going to happen to us, Jim? You're a one. Yeah. We... <laughs> look, I don't want to say anything, Jim, but I'm just saying I did the first podcast, yeah. and now look what's happening I with know. this one. Billy Campbell. I'm just see? saying. You are the you're the kingmaker. That's the way it is. It's just whoosh. I feel like I'm on American Idol with you every day. <laughs> it's it's. God, wonderful. everybody's going to think I'm such a jerk. I'm no, totally kidding. No, you're great. You're great. You're you're really great. We're I'm I, you know you know I'm one of your biggest fans in the fan club there. So, um, right back at you. But uh, but you know, and who knows who knows who's listening? You might wind up on you might wind up in Vancouver sometime on a limited series somewhere. By the way, RoyannaBlack.com for all of oh, your yeah. acting needs. Is, I gotta uh, update my website. Yeah, <laughs> get on that. You're on you're on uh, 
thousands of uh, uh, headphones where people are riding their treadmills. Yep, and we record in advance, so you've got uh, you've got just a few days. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, but awesome. we were talking about some movie with a uh, about a diner. Billy Campbell. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Jennifer uh, Connelly. Yeah. So, so we're we're back and we're we're seeing America Martin walking in the door with. Uh, gosh, I had you know something. I have a plaid shirt that ex- that America Martin is Patsy <laughs> is wearing. I had that exact shirt, and she's carrying a a very interesting. Um, a little airplane. Uh, Hal, I think you know something about that little toy airplane. Why, thank you for that setup, Jim. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've done my homework. That is a, uh, it's a model of a Lockheed Vega. And that airplane is uh, to some best known uh, as, as the Winnie Mae, flown by Wiley Post, setting all kinds of amazing altitude records uh, throughout the 30s. But uh, but maybe more people would know the name Amelia Earhart. So uh, that was the mm-hmm. type of airplane that she flew. Uh, 1932, this was a, a few years before her disappearance. And, and to me, this is the flight she should be famous for. She flew uh, nonstop across the Atlantic and uh, was only the second person to do so since Lindbergh. Never mind that she was the first woman. This, and in five years, nobody else had made had made a flight of that distance across the Atlantic like that. So she had done that. So Lockheed Vega is a big deal. Um, it makes a lot of sense that uh, that a kid like Patsy would have one there. Now, the model itself is uh, made by a company called Wyandotte. It's a real toy of the period. They started in about 1920 in Wyandotte, uh, Michigan. And sorry, it's the it's the all-metal Amer- products company, but then they had a brand called Wyandotte Toys. They started in cap guns and things like that and eventually uh, sold out a lot of stuff to uh, Lewis Marks and to Daisy. So if you know your know your toys, those are two much bigger brands. But they were there in Michigan, and what they would do is uh, they would buy up uh, scrap from uh, from all the, uh, the big car companies in Detroit and take their scrap metal and then do pressed metal toys like this. And uh, they were simple. You know, usually the wings, you can see in this uh, this minute, the wings are one color, the fuselage is another color, um, but they they last. And at any given time, there's three or four of these on eBay, uh, the Wyandotte Lockheed Vega going from a, starting at 20 bucks, and sometimes people are asking several hundred, uh, several hundred for them. But it was a really nice touch to have an actual sort of period-appropriate toy. I kind of envisioned maybe this was something that maybe was a hand-me-down to Patsy. She doesn't look like she's the, you know, the most well-off uh, kid around. Um, and then, of course, that, you know, Malcolm has to fix it. But you get that nice little close-up shot of him putting the wood wheel on there. These actually came with wood wheels. So there, there's no reason to think that this little model isn't, uh, isn't you know, not just a simple prop, but it's absolutely authentic from, uh, from I would say, I would say mid-30s. So it's, uh, you know, it's maybe a few years old at this point. It's not a brand shiny, brand, uh, shiny new toy. And it's made out of like, the so door cool. of a, a, f- a Model A or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or, you yeah. know. A little bit of steel from a from a Buick or who knows what. Yeah, that is so cool. So it's it, it's it, an amazingly nice little touch. And then uh, then of course Jim, when uh, uh, Malcolm slips, he's a bit clumsy, and we're establishing that. And of course the wheel flies across the room. Um, on an upcoming episode, we're going to learn who threw the wheel for that shot. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to no spoil way. it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. That, that very that very large splash has has, has a hand. There's there's literally a hand behind that. So we'll right. talk we'll talk about that in the near future. So keep teaser. Stay, stay if, if that doesn't keep them coming back, I mean, who threw the wheel in the soup? That's uh you know that's our who killed Laura Palmer right yeah. there. And you know, <laughs> in, in our you know our, the English composition part of this thing is there seems there seems to be a theme in this movie about tomato soup and it, involving <laughs> Jenny. And I don't know. What kind of messages that means, but she just seems to have uh, 
many interactions with soup in this, in this movie. And there's there's always something foreign in the bowl. And who is the, the woman cannot just get a good bowl of soup. That's so weird. Who orders soup on a <laughs> date? That's the, that's the one thing I cannot figure. That's not. I mean, I can't figure out how long they've been going out together, but I don't think it's been that long. Maybe. Well, I. But don't who's know. trying to? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead I was just right gonna say, if you're gonna order soup on a date, why are you complaining about where you're going? Yeah. Right. She yeah, wants to go to true. fancy places so she can get right. fancier soup. Yeah. I, I mean, she should have ordered tamales or ice cream, like it says on the dog out front. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't say <laughs> soup on the paw. It's it's clearly not their specialty. Oh, gosh. I mean, but you know, you know, you think about it though. Ordering soup on a date, who uh, who's trying to impress whom here? I mean. If it were an, a first or an early date for me, I'm not going to be the guy there slurping, uh, trying to impress the girl. But, but really, you know, Jenny Blake doesn't doesn't have to work too hard, I think, to keep uh, Cliff wrapped around her finger. Uh, no. Can I, can I can I tell a bad a bad date story? Is that all right? Please. Let me just let me just lay back on this couch and I'll just go through some right. therapy. I was. I, Jim, uh, Ryan, and I are here. Yes. We're going to get you through this. Okay. Yes, absolutely, Jim. I, tell I, us your problems. I used to, a long time ago. I used to work for Radio Shack back when back when there was a Radio Shack everywhere, <laughs> and uh, I would I worked for two dollars and five cents an hour, and I didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> But I had uh, I had moved to Dallas and I had started going out with this girl and and uh, she wanted uh, she wanted to go out to dinner and I was like okay so you know I had I had saved up some money and uh, I had like sixty dollars <laughs> I was like this is great you know I can take her out to dinner we go I said where do you want to go and she named this place in Dallas and I said okay let's go there she goes it's a dress up kind of place I said okay well we'll you know, get out so I sure uh-huh. I pick her pick her up. And uh, I take her to the I take her to the place and I open up this this menu that was her favorite restaurant and I look and everything is this is back in the eighties and it was everything was double digits and I was oh. and none of them started with a one. <laughs> I was oh like, no! Oh, so I was like, okay. Anyway, she sat down and uh, you know she she said, oh, I know what I love in this place. She said, I, I, <gasps> I always order it when I'm here. <laughs> did oh, you want? No, did you no. want? Yes. She goes, oh no! It's called surf and turf. Oh no! Yes. Oh, come on! And this was like well, actually, uh, it was like in the ni- actually it was 1979, and it, the surf and turf was something like thirty eight dollars. Jeez! And it was like, and she had, and then she and she ordered an appetizer which was like shrimp cocktail. <laughs> And that was like that was like double digits, and I was like, you know, I'm just not really feeling that good. So what I did on that date was I ordered soup. I said, I'm just not really. You feeling ordered that soup. Great. So, <laughs> so, That's yeah. the saddest thing. Yeah, I don't think there is any recovery from that, Jim. I don't think I we're going to be able to help you through this. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, just too sad. I blame the girl. I yeah. totally oh, yeah. blame the girl. You don't do that on a date. You don't demand a fancy restaurant. This is, of course, why I dated a lot of losers before uh, I met my wonderful husband. But um, I, mean, I have, I have. No I was like, "What Burger King? Great!" Yeah, I, I have, I have no problems, you know, getting things. But it was like I felt like I was getting picked up by the ankles and having having all the chains shaken out of my pockets. I was like, "What are we doing?" And she's like, "She was," and we, you know, she wanted to go to the movies afterwards. It's like, "What?" I'm not, I'm not feeling very good. It's like I didn't have enough money for gas to get home. It was like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Oh, that was that was a long time ago, and I'm a grandfather now, so I'm, everything everything all turned out right. But so so where is she today? Let's get her I, on the show. No, 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 no. I do not want to look. I'm not even <laughs> mention the name of the <laughs> restaurant. Or it was a long time ago. Okay. And I've, I've learned from that experience, and I've grown. Did you well, guys okay. have another date after that? Um, 
you know, I think she started going out with another friend of mine and I didn't warn him about it. And that I, I, they never, I don't think anything became of that. So it's, it's like, fortunately it all just took an off ramp and I never, never got involved <laughs> with that again. Ah. Wow. Do you feel better that you told that story now? Yes. Now it's cleansing. So if we had gone to this diner, she might be Mrs. O'Kane by now, but you know, uh, she doesn't deserve you, Jim. No, you know, my, my wife would go to a diner like this and love it. She would love this diner. Right. That's a keeper. She's a keeper. Tamales and an ice cream and she'd be swell. So, um, she wouldn't care how many, uh, plane wheels dropped in her soup. Um, my my wife would still be outside taking a picture of the building. Yes. So, Because <laughs> it, it is one adorable restaurant. It that is. dog is awesome, isn't it? Isn't it? Now you so awesome. You live in L.A. and L.A. has everything from like Randy's Donuts to all that other. I mean, outside outside of the um, New York, New Jersey, well, the New England area and Pennsylvania, of course, um, diner culture in L.A. is king. I mean, it's just I love L.A. diners and what what's available out there. Um, yeah, is, it's pretty awesome. What is your favorite diner in L.A.? Ooh, um, you know, there's a place in North Hollywood. It used to be called, I think the guy's name was Sittens, which is a funny name. Um, and there's a, there was like a, a statue of a waiter outside. I don't think it's called that anymore because it was embarrassing, I guess. Uh. Sittens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we used to go there after we, our theater company had meetings and it was super good and way too overpriced for what it was. And I ate a lot of onion rings there. Ah. <laughs> you avoided the surf and turf? I did avoid the surf. I told her it was a cheap date, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waffles, I'm here, yes. Uh, uh, um, uh. Yeah, it's, it's still there, and the food's still really good. It's just not called Sittens. Aw, that's a shame. Maybe that's best. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There was also a really cool diner. They tore it down recently um, called Silver Spoon in West Hollywood. Hmm. And Shelly Winters was always there in one of the booths. And really? Robert Forrester was there a lot. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So those were always cool sightings. Uh, Especially Shelly Winters. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, oh, if only we were doing the Poseidon Adventure Minute, that would have been... Oh. Anyway. Oh, man. Things that could have been. But yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, diner culture is wonderful. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry I've never eaten in a dog, but I want to. Just, just looking at this place, you're like, oh, I want to go in the dog's, you know, in between the dog's legs and climb in the front door and just. That, I'm know. sorry, I've never eaten in a dog. <laughs> well, it's like, Can we make that like the quote from yeah. this episode? Yeah. I was going to say, I thought we were we that were doing good. well with who threw the wheel in the soup. That's it. But yeah. now no, got, it's, I'm it's, sorry, I've never eaten in a dog. It's going places. Yeah. No, this is a uh, such a great catchphrase. A minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah I just love that I just love that diner I want those dishes I'm somebody has those dishes too you know some somewhere somebody in the Disney organization just or maybe they were rentals they're probably rentals but uh, yeah poor Jenny uh, you know it's every it's it's like it's like ordering spaghetti when you're wearing white you just don't order anything that's orange when you've got something that can easily stain especially when somebody's throwing airplane wheels at you and speaking of wearing white though this is after Labor Day. Yes, that's just true. It's October. Just, put, just putting that out there. Of course, he's that's wearing, rude. He's wearing khakis, so that's you know close enough to the wrong thing. Uh, but you're right. She could, she's committing a major faux pas. Yeah. But you know maybe it's the only thing she had clean, and now nothing's clean. So, oh well. Also, I hate to be the one to bring this up, mm-hmm. but I realize that she's a good girl with mm-hmm. Billy Campbell's character, and yes. she's wearing a little pinafore. But then later on in the movie, there's a whole lot of cleavage going up. Oh yeah. Just saying. 
Well, you know, she's she's out to impress W.C. Fields, but that's that's another minute. <laughs> right. um, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, while we're being catty, um, <laughs> if uh, it's uh, you know, Jim, you know how I get. Um, yeah. piss, I piss. have I have really been hesitant to bring this up, but Rihanna, you you dove in, so to speak, oh, at first. So, in uh, before the South Seas Club scenes, uh, in certain close-ups, you can see that uh, that Jenny has not plucked her eyebrows. And there's a marked difference when you see her in, in close-ups from the Southeast Club. I, I said it. That now. There, I said it. Oh, now, if, if, okay. If you really want to get into this, when she gets to the Southeast Club versus what she, what you're seeing here. Oh, seeing sure. Like second fifty-two. Watch, watch her right eye for the sty that appears. <gasps> um, she doesn't have a sty in this one, but they had to go cover girl uh, for uh, when she's when she's shooting in the uh, the Laughing Bandit and when she's in the South Seas Club, and it's it's even mentioned in uh, IMDb, which we never trust anyway. But uh, but yeah, it's very noticeable. So yes. yeah, we've been burned by IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> well, I have at least in particular, but. Jim I have too. It's me. not my real age. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so. it's, it, it's, yeah, I, I was going to, I thought it was 27 is okay. what it said, but uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, can we, can I, can I not be catty for one second though? Sure. And say that Jennifer Connelly's eyes are that beautiful that I didn't notice either of those things. And that's something I would totally notice. Yeah, no, she's stunning. She's, she's, it's hard to watching her and not, I mean, it, it's hard looking at her and not just having your mouth hang open, but how, just pretty yeah. she is she's just so pretty and very cl- i mean she has like a like an elizabeth taylor quality about her face it's just very she has a very modeled pretty. face and yeah just it's symmetric and just amazing so yeah, but beautiful got... people get styes too yeah so there yes. i think I, that's the lesson here i feel better about <laughs> clearly that, <yeah>. and don't <laughs> clearly. always tweeze yeah so don't yeah. always tweeze there we have Especially it. if you're just going to be eating in a dog. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and it's, and it's, having soup. Yeah, and it's it's 70 years before threading, so you know it's, <laughs> these things don't happen. So. I'm so alarmed that you know what that is, too. <laughs> uh, I I've been to shopping malls. I see these you know place places that used to be um, arcades that are now threading nail parlors. You know, so that's that's all I know about it. What a well-lit diner this is. There are so many light sources. I just can't. Everybody has a key light and a fill light and a backlight, you know, no matter where you're sitting. It's just, it's fantastic. But it is, uh, it is it, someday, maybe Disney will get smart enough to build one of these things in their California adventure out in Disneyland and people could go eat in a, in a, in a dog. It's really a cool idea. I can't believe it hasn't been, maybe PETA would get upset. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It would have to be a really big dog, though. I mean, if you think about the crowds at, uh, like, California Adventure and stuff. That, uh, anyway. We, it, there is that, uh, there is a replica in the Peterson Automotive Museum that uh, I think was about, well, we talked about it just uh, a day or two ago. It was yes. sort of torn, going to be torn down, but then it was saved. And I, so we think it's still there. I'll have to look at that and see. But uh, I don't know if you can actually eat in it or if you just sort of walk in and look around. Yeah. Which, when you're going in a dog, I, you know, I'm not coming out without a meal. I mean, no. at least some soup. And speaking of meals, it, it, we do notice that Billy, uh, Billy has a little uh, appetizer there by eating or sucking the, sucking the tomato juice, uh, tomato uh, soup out of, out of a, an airplane right. wheel and, and pot. And... I couldn't decide if that was sexy or or not. Like I, I'm fifty fifty on that. He's he's handing the wheel to a ten year old, so I would say, I would go with not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would go with an so emphatic hot. not. Yeah. But uh, I meant as the viewer. I'm just saying, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he has 
Now, you know, the problem is we, we do these we do these out of order, and I can't remember what order the <laughs> fascinating story that Billy Campbell talks about being a good-looking guy, but I think it's coming up. Yeah, so two, actually, I think it might be later this week, So, but, uh, but check. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, check back a little bit later, because he has an interesting discussion about being a good-looking guy and, and his... Um, his fortunes with women, but that, that'll be coming up. Actually, why don't we why don't we pause in this, Rihanna? You can come back tomorrow, right? We can we can talk a little bit Absolutely. more about this. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's hundred percent. Let's let's let the audience rest, and, uh, and we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll, they're going to need some time to recover yeah, from just, this one. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, but thanks for sticking I'm with so us on sorry. all this stuff. Uh, of course, as, as we mentioned before, you can follow uh, Rihanna's adventures, RihannaBlack.com, or find her. Uh, are you at Rihanna on at Rihanna Black on Twitter? Is that right? I believe I'm at Rihanna Black. Yeah, Rihanna I, Black I do Twitter. love the Twitter. I've been I've really been enjoying it lately. It's great. The Twitter and the Google and, and the, the Google. Facebook. Don't forget yeah, the, the Google. Yes. <laughs> I'm 110 years old. What has uh, happened to me? <laughs> the Google factor. And we're recording this on the Skype. Yeah, so. The Skype. yeah. So it's it's all working out. Wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can you can catch up with all of us on social media there. Twitter, of course. Uh, we're on. Um, what are we again? Oh, Rocketeer Minute. And also Facebook, facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. And you can find us at the big site, rocketeerminute.com. We've got cool swag out there and uh, copies of this movie so you can watch it and, you know, just love it again and again. Um, and, of course, iTunes and Google Play. If you go to any of those, type in Rocketeer Minute, two words. And uh, when you see us come up, you just hit the subscribe button and you get this whole enchilada or tamale or ice cream, whatever it is. On your uh, on your mobile device, so that while you're uh, pedaling that, that stationary bike or, or standing on a treadmill and, and acting like you're exercising, you can listen to us and think about ice cream and, and tamales. You can have it delivered hot and fresh every day, Monday through Friday. So uh, join us here tomorrow with some more Rihanna and more diner talk, and you know we're gonna find out <laughs> if Billy's gonna swallow that uh, airplane wheel. Uh, but check back with us here tomorrow on the Rocketeer Minute. Until then, over and out. Thank you.